Doctor Who, The War Machines by Ian Stewart Black. In July 1966. Nestling at the heart of the busy West End, Fitzroy Square is a haven of genteel calm. The doctor emerges, an unseasonable opera cape and woolen astrakhan hat, adding to his usual Edwardian apparel. Dodo follows, grinning delightedly. As the doctor gives his companion a triumphant embrace, he spies in the distance a patrolling policeman. But I've seen you won't use that term quite so freely. Anyway, I don't think it's been all that long. To the 20th century, my dear, the TARDIS, I'm afraid, is often mistaken for the real police box. It's finished! The beacon of a new technological age, the general... Per- Just as I had when I thought the Daleks, those Daleks were near. Dining herself to investigating this new mystery, she skips along after him. A middle-aged man wearing a white lab coat, offset by a natty bow tie, is admiring a spectacular view of the city. Turning away from the observation... In the corridor outside, lift doors open to reveal the Doctor and Dodo, escorted by a dapper man with a clipped military moustache. It is a splendid view, certainly. I think you'll enjoy it. Well, Miss... Uh... Oh, uh, uh, my secretary, uh, Dodo Chaplet. Oh, well, Miss Chaplet. <laughs> I thought your visit... Oh, yes, 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 of course, my dear fellow. Yes, eh, Dodo? <laughs> faster than Polly or myself. It can also type faster. True? Afraid so. And it never makes a mistake. Seriously telling me, sir, that uh, you have invented a machine that can think? Yes. I take it I speak into here? Yes, that's right, Doctor. Uh, what is the... Uh... Please. He makes a quick mental calculation. Botan knows a lot I don't know. There's something else I can show you, Miss Chaplin. But Dodo is staring blankly at the machine. Chaplin. Gently, Brett touches her arm and breaks the trance. Dodo. Yes, <laughs> but in this case, a slightly different one. Yes, I, uh, I wonder... Still concerned, Brett... ...will be to go to the hottest night spot in town. The night's oh, appearance reflects its name. Bizarre images of devils and demons decorate the inferno's cavernous cellar walls, seemingly brought to life by disco lighting that simulates leaping flames. I think I do. You think you do? Well, I must have made a big impression on... Oh, no, it's not that. Well, what is it, then? Daring youth blocks their way. I've got a great sense of humour. Anything for a giggle. But the sailor catches his fist and twists him back down. Kitty rushes over. What's all this? The sailor turns to Polly. You want to be careful who you encourage. You conceited oh, little... Oh, no, Polly, he was only trying to help. Thank you. Uh, Shadows ben, lengthen ben as a black taxicab pulls up outside an elegant Georgian townhouse in leafy Bedford Square. Stepping from the taxi, the doctor the reaches grand reception place. room. Reporters and cameramen mill around expectantly. The doctor enters just as a portly, rather distinguished-looking gentleman. Today will be next Monday, July the 16th. That is in four days' time. Now, on that date, all the computer systems in this country and subsequently in the whole world will, as you've heard, that will have both peaceful and military implications. I need hardly tell you that this is a great step forward for Britain, and indeed, I may say, for the whole world. Now, whoever operates Bolton? No one operates Votan. Votan operates itself. A computer is pure thought. It makes calculations. It supplies only the truth. It has the machine well under control. Sir Charles turns discreetly to a small, bespectacled man. Now, gentlemen, I must apologise for the absence of Professor Brett. I'm sure you'll be along in a moment or two, if you will just bear. 
At the Inferno, Ben, Polly and Dodo finish dancing and return to Kitty at the bar. Yeah. Hello there. Bright and breezy now. Yeah. Hello. Sort of high-pitched hum. Gone again now. Oddly distant. Are there any more questions? I really am very sorry about the absence of Professor Brett. I'm sure there must have been something very important that prevented him coming. The ah, doors burst Brett. open and Brett pushes stiffly through the crowd. Gentlemen, I'm sorry I was not able to attend. It was unavoidable. But now that you're here, perhaps you'll talk to the gentleman. I want to start a question. Taking the astonished Crimpton by the arm, Brett escorts him from the room. Brett, little man, Crimpton. Oh, electronics fellow. One of our top men. Uh, come to think of it, electronics. Perhaps there is something wrong with Botan. and he didn't want to let it out. That would explain it, wouldn't it? Look, I'm terribly sorry, but would you excuse me? I think I'd better go and check. Kennedy. Hmm. In Brett's deserted I office, wonder. hypnotic patterns chase across the displays on Votan's many subsidiary computers. All seems well, but as Green starts to pull the doors closed, a beam of light emanating their head, he starts to dial. She picks up the phone. Hello? Green connects a lead from the telephone to a socket on Votan's main panel, as though the phone were alive with electrical current. Then, just as abruptly, she relaxes. Yes. Yes, I understand. In the GPO tower, separated Crimpton towards the lift. I must say it's rather odd to break up a meeting like that and drag me off at this time of night. I have no choice, Crimpton. No choice? Now, what do you mean? You will soon understand. Broken down? On the contrary. It's we who have broken down. We have failed. The progress is impossible. What do you mean, impossible? That is the conclusion reached by Votan. This machine is not in a position. Votan has... And what does Votan propose to do about it? A takeover from her? From now on? will be eliminated. If it is necessary. You've been working too hard, old... Oh, here. He's gone round the bend. He's gone mad. Thrusts Crimpton back towards the centre of the room. Shocked, Crimpton moves to the desk phone. Crimpton becomes aware of the pulses of light now radiating from Votan's electronic. Wait. I won't work for you! I'm human. There's nothing more important than human life. Give him. He moves trance-like across to Votan. At the inferno? Where's your friend then? Can't see her anywhere. I don't know. Surely she wouldn't have left without a word to us. No, she wouldn't think so. She seemed a nice bird. Friendly. We're not stuck up like you, Dutch. Looks like that disc jockey. Oh, I <laughs> find you both here. Well, I hope Dodo and yourself have enjoyed yourselves. Yes, thank you. I've one on the house, Doctor. It isn't every day we get the over-twenties in this place. Dig your fat gear. Brett addresses Green and Crimpton. There is one special human brain that Votan needs. A delicate matter. It has been arranged. Someone is coming. The fourth member called here to receive orders. The doctor's secretary. Dodo enters. Oblivious to all but Votan, she moves to stand.
stands to attention before Votan. Here are your orders. Time is short. Progress is impossible unless Votan takes control within the next few days. Then, Votan will decide on the future of the human race. Who shall live to serve the machines and who shall be eliminated? Crimpton, you take that. Paper is churning from Votan's teleprinter. Crimpton tears it off and studies it. London is the first capital to be taken target over. target is still at the Inferno Club with Ben and Polly. Kitty is now closing up for the night. Look, loves, I really am sorry about your friend not turning... Kind. I think we ought to go to the police. I'd rather not have him round here if you don't mind. What's her surname? Oh, Chaplet, Dodo Chaplet. Good night, young lady. Good night. Hey, look, wait here, Doctor. I'll go and get you a taxi. Oh, yes. Wait yes, for yes. me, Ben. I know where we'll find one. They shouldn't have done that. Well, that's really helpful of him, I thought. Oh, yes, you're quite right. Of course it was. Dodo glances surreptitiously. Not so fast. What about my fare? I was just about to pay you, my man. Please, mate. Then I'll just pop across to the all-night cap and get some. You're staying right here, mate. Oh, come along, my man. We're in a hurry. Come Not along. Not until he pays. We all know him round here. I think I've got change. Uh. Ben notices that the old tramp is still hanging around. Yeah. You got a bed for the night, mate? He holds out his hand. Uh, sorry, mate. Yeah, I'm going to just down provides in that storage warehouse. for the nearby market at Covent Garden. Crates and sacks filled with fruit and vegetables are piled high near its front entrance. But the central floor it's area likes to eat. The old tramp is returning towards the warehouse, still clutching his bundle of belongings. On reaching the entrance, he hears sounds of activity from within. Blueprints. The electronic section must be assembled in this order. The technicians take the plans and continue to sort through the crates of parts. The tramp is looking at the warehouse door in puzzlement. For him is a pair of inner doors. Stealthiness is a hive of activity. Heavy metal sheets are being hoisted into position to form intrigued. The tramp moves in closer. Hurry, time is out a message. He is in north section of the warehouse bearing 270 degrees. I won't say nothing, boss. His eyes are drawn to the throbbing machine brain next to Brett. What is this, a nuthouse? Here you... Posing form is taking shape. The doctor is reading the morning paper. Good gracious. What is it, doctor? Well, just take a look at this, Sir Charles. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, yes, it is possible, of course. Well, what else? Oh, I don't know, Sir Charles, I don't know. Sir Charles? Doctor, oh, good morning, I'm sorry morning. I'm late. Late? Late what for? Morning, and your secretary was ill. Yes, well, my secretary is away today, but how on earth Brett knew? Still, I mean, if you're here, I'd be very grateful for your help. The office is through there. I'll be there in a moment. All right, thank you very much. How are you feeling? Quite well, thank you. Hadn't you better start work? Pardon me for asking. Hello, Doctor. Hope I haven't kept you waiting for me today. Uh, no, child, no. Uh, you're right on time. <laughs> But I'm sorry, Sir Charles, I can't help you with your problem, but uh, I'm afraid I'm rather out of touch. Yes, well, it's not going to be easy. Men of that quality are very hard to find, especially uh, men... Uh, yes, yes, I, um, I want to speak to Professor Brett. Yes, he's at the uh, General Post Office Tower. That's right, yes. Yes? Crimpton looks on as Brett, now back in his office... Direct the voter. Crimpton takes the extension lead from the phone, plugs it into the socket on Votan's main panel and adjusts the controls. With great effort, he rests the phone from his ear and throws it down. Yes, it's, 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 it's ridiculous, child, isn't it? 
Yes, 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 yes. Um, I'm doctor, drink this. Polly and Sir Charles have returned with a glass of water. She's been hypnotised. Sit in that chair, my dear. With no will of her own, Dodo obeys. The doctor repositions a lamp, shining it into his companion's unblink. Just look at that ring on my hand. Sleep. Sir Charles and Polly are dumbfounded. Yes, I think she... But Polly has slipped out. How else the girl gone to? I don't know. She said something about strategic points in London. Strategic points? Where, I wonder, hmm? At London Airport, a lorry-carrying crate stamped with Votan's distinctive logo stops by a large custom shed. Silently, airport staff Votan's war machines. A compact hybrid of tank and robot is now virtually safe hydraulic rams, one on either side. Above each, a slender gun barrel eye focusing a baleful light on the Major. Destructive weapons to be fitted with this. A worker is stacking boxes nearby. You there. Stay where you are. Stand still. Vacantly, he obeys. Bearing 52. Votan addresses Brett and Crimpton. Where is... Has failed in her task. There you are, Professor. Are you all right? As Brett stares at her coldly, Polly is suddenly very Excuse afraid. me, sir. Yeah. Oh, Ben. How did you know I was here? Well, I was supposed to meet Polly. A few days. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, she'll be quite all right, yes, really. I'm rather worried about Polly. She appears to be missing that child. Oh, I've probably gone all snooty on us. No, I think it's far more serious than that. Solicit your help in this matter. I think, uh, I don't think you will arouse so much suspicion as the police might. Well, just tell me what to do. Well, I want you to investigate in and around that... And uh, be careful, my boy. This might be dangerous. The daily business of the market appears reassuringly normal. Ben watches as busy merchants... Turning off into an alleyway, Ben soon reaches the Inferno Club. Walking on, he spots the warehouse further up the street. As he draws nearer, he sees that its door is ajar. Then, unseen between shelves and boxes, Ben moves closer towards the source of the noise. Stand by for... Splitting the table apart. Test satisfactory. Stand by for sight test. Commence. Ben ducks down behind a crate. Sight to be improved. 30 yards maximum insufficient. ...flash and spin with activity, and the radar-like aerial on its head begins to rotate. Wings one of its sledgehammer arms, smashing the obstruction to pieces. The relentlessly towards the startled sailor, guns levelled. Backed into a corner... behind a packing crate as the newly completed war machine is put through a battery of tests. The machine seems to have found its independence. Its lights and... The robot continues its patrol through the warehouse, scattering technicians as it's backed into a corner and dazzled by the machine's searchlight. Ben has no... Flashing its lights in agitation. Alerted by the warning signals, Major Green hastens to join it. Ben has reached the warehouse's inner doors, they are shut fast. Frantically, he starts to struggle with the lock as Green's voice echoes through the building. This is a warning. Danger. There is a stranger. 
sharply by the inner door. Lock all the outside doors. He must not leave the building. Polly, a... Polly, what's happened to you? You are not to escape. I've got to get out of here. Come on, get out of here. Machine stand waiting. Bring him here. The machine will deal with him. Bye. Polly! But Polly does not react. Her face fixed, she follows calmly the into the warehouse. The doctor studies his fob watch in concern. Oh, dear, 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 dear. Hmm. Oh, take my advice, doctor. It's no good upsetting yourself. Oh, yes, that boy, that boy should be back here ages ago. Well, you know <laughs> what young people are. He's probably been distracted by something. Well, he seemed quite a responsible young lad, I suppose, if he... Oh, whatever it is. Uh, precisely. Whatever it is. Oh, damn it, man, you've got no evidence. We're going to have a lot more than rumour to contend with. You try to warn human authority of our work in this building. You are an enemy of mechanized evolution. Nothing must be allowed to prevent the machines taking over. They are the next stage in the growth of life force on Earth. All obstacles will be swept aside. By Major Green and the war machine, and surrounded by the silent workers, Ben is helpless. Let him work and destroy him later. How do you know what Votan wants? Now you must work hard for the success of this great new cause. Tower, Brett and Crimpton are also hard at work. Guided by Votan, they move from computer bank to computer bank, checking readings and making careful... They must attack simultaneously. Object of attack, to take over strategic centers and assume control of all human authorities. The war machine is moving amongst the exhausted workers like a taskmaster. Master! All human beings who break down will be eliminated. Green fells a stumbling man. Come off it, love you, Nardley. Stand up. That is not important. Oh, yes, yeah, sure. The lock, straining with all his might. Success. The doctor reaches a decision. Well, I can't wait any longer. I must take a look for myself. The doctor. After what happened to Dodo, my dear sir, we should never have left those... Still there, doctor. They've got us. She, she's one of them now. What do you mean, they've got her? Where is she? And if we don't stop it, he'll kill us. London! That ben is missing. Frowning, he addresses Polly. Where is he? You are responsible for the stranger. Where is he? Do you know what has happened no, to him? Answer. Fantastic story, Doctor. Well, I'm afraid I do. What? This machine made by man that it suddenly come to life? Yes, I had suspected something of that sort. Oh, come on, Doctor. The boy's been suffering some sort of delusion. Oh, my dear Sir Charles, how would you know? They look as if they're preparing an arsenal to blow up the London. Well, if this is so, why weren't the police informed? Well, I'm telling you now. Well, we don't know their location. And I doubt very much if we can find them all by tomorrow noon. I shall handle this affair in my own way. He leaves. Well, what's he going to do? In the hallway, Sir Charles is making a phone call. Hello. Hello, hello. Operator. What do you think of my call the army? Well, just as you say, of course. No. No, well, I've given your man all the details. Well, the hour, Covent Garden and the area around has been evacuated. Hastily erected police barriers announcing military manoeuvres stream through and converge on the market. One by one, the trucks assemble in the fruit and vegetable warehouse, methodically cutting off all exit routes. The troops take cover the house for any signs of activity are under the shelter of one of the nearby market arcades, which has been requisitioned as a headquarters. Charles. Yes, that's it. Thank you, Sergeant. We've been taking bearings. There's a good deal of radio and electrical activity there. Have you any idea what's causing it? Well, I've been given to understand there's a large amount of control standing by. Say the word and they'll go in and have a look around. This, uh, might be a little more dangerous than we think. Don't worry, Sir Charles. My lad's going to handle it. All right, then. When you're ready. 
Hello, Orange Patrol. Search entire building. Take your time. A beat on me. Keep down. Passing a private his radio, the corporal leads six of his men through the open warehouse door. Inside, Major Green is making adjustments to a radio transmitter, but can hear nothing but static through his headphones. But the reinforcements weapons are all... As yet another soldier is blasted down, the corporal signals back towards the exit. The captain looks on grimly as the sergeant tries to raise the patrol on the radio. Hello, Orange Patrol. Hello, Orange Patrol. Corporal, can you hear me? Over. The warehouse is choked with blinding smoke and strewn with the dead and the dying. Those soldiers who remain alive amidst the carnage continue to grapple with the controlled worker. Think, Sir Charles? Uh, we don't know yet. And what is in there? It's one of our patrols. Only a handful of flea doors and rolls through the anteroom in implacable pursuit. Headquarters. What's the matter, Corporal? It's what? no use, sir. They wiped us out. Who did? What are you talking about, man? The machine, sir. What machine? It's over there. He points back towards... Tell him in the whole of the bar. Cease fire! Let me a loud hailer. Now listen to me. You are completely surrounded. It's been mounted at the entrance. Come in here, sir. Fire! Fire, man! I don't think it can be stopped, sir. We'll have to evacuate this place. We, we can't leave now. We can't let that thing lose over. A small group outside the arcade. Its two hammer arms swing up, threatening. by Ian Stewart Black Episode 4 Leaving a trail of devastation behind it the war machine rolls unstoppably on towards the covered market at Covent Garden As the soldiers retreat into the arcade only the doctor inside the arcade Sir Charles and Ben watch aghast Doctor, get back! It'll kill you! Quick, this way! Hurry, man! Come on, Doctor! But the machine is slowing down. Seemingly uncertain of its target, it trundles past the doctor, then revives the onlookers. All eyes are fixed on the television behind the bar. Here is a further bulletin on the London emergency. It was announced a few minutes ago that the army are standing by at key centres. People are warned to stay indoors and keep calm. At Covent Garden, the doctor is examining the... Doctor, the minister. Oh, how do you do, sir? Well, now, have you any idea what uh, caused the collapse, gentlemen? Oh, yes, this is all very simple. This is a computer. This was put into operation before it was ready, sir. Because it had to be, because we launched our attack. A technician radios in a report to Brett. Hello, Central Control. Hello, Central Control. This is Sector 2 calling. This time, disaster of Covent Garden will not be tolerated again. The technician turns to face the newly completed war machine behind him. He's now standing atop the base of the Covent Garden machine and reaching up to examine its antenna. I've searched the warehouse and all round here, Doctor. There's no sign of Polly. Oh, don't worry, my boy. She'll be back. <laughs> yeah, but she was in there. What can have happened to her? But getting no reaction, he slips it into his own pocket, determining to hand it back with the cloak later. The minister approaches. Have you discovered something, Doctor? Well, uh, yes, I At think the garage, I... The new Good machine heavens, is doctor, taking instructions relayed from the GPO tower. Stop. Turn plus eight. 
The machine moves on, crashing through the garage doors and out into the street. Brett switches off his radio and turns to Crimpton. Cut off. The machine has destroyed the transceiver. Programming is at fault. reports to Sir Charles. We've rounded up everyone in the warehouse, Sir Charles. Much trouble? None at all, sir. They seem like people who've been brainwashed. I've brought one of them along, sir. No, I... I, I don't. I, I'm afraid I don't remember anything. What on earth is this thing? Yes, I, uh, I think you'll have to have him removed, gentlemen. He may need uh, medical attention. Right, Sergeant. Sir. Right, you two men go with him. Yes, the bewildered Major allows himself to be led away. Quick, give me the police. This is an emergency. Hello? Hello. Rumples to the kiosk floor. The machine continues down the alleyway. And the following statement has just been issued. A second war machine has been reported. to remain in their homes and to keep off the streets. Under no circumstances should they attempt to attack or impede the... All radio programs will be interrupted as further bulletins are issued. Ben has been listening to to patrol the streets, firing at random and scattering the terrified public before it. Battersea, I see. Well, you had no reports in yet. Good heavens, it's appalling. True, magnetically controlled. Yes, in other words, gentlemen, we've got passive, Polly enters Brett's office. With a plan of subsidiary computer bank W4. Sir Charles is becoming impatient. Doctor, you must hurry, Doctor. I shall need equipment effectively within, say, 20 feet. Well, won't that be dangerous? Well, I'm afraid we have no choice, gentlemen. Suppose... studying the map. Now, just a moment, Sir Charles. Now, look, if you close that road there... This car we can moves spring slowly through the empty streets of South Kensington. You are advised to remain off the streets. This is for your own safety. Please close your windows and doors and stay inside. You are advised... Running thick electrical cables from a generator and between four fence poles... They it all sounds very ingenious, but I'm afraid I don't understand. Oh, well, allow me to illustrate, Sir Charles. Now... To set up a magnetic field, risk we have to take. Well, a bit past that sort of lark, aren't you, Doctor? I beg your pardon, young man. Ben, run to take cover behind two poles that mark the entrance to the pen. Ben takes the final length. The war machine turns the corner and enters the street, firing indiscriminately as it passes, preparing to spring into action. But something is wrong. Without entering the pens, hesitantly from left to right. Surely now, Doctor. Surely. Not yet. Not yet. Having finally wrought in a powerful electrical field, it moves erratically to and fro, completely disoriented. I want you to remain up here, Sir Charles, until I give the signal. The generator controls. The Doctor cheerfully walks down the street towards the disabled war machine. Lack of response, he bends down and steps nimbly under the cable. As he does so, the machine. Having gained access to the machine's computer, Charles walks slowly down the street to join the doctor, who, with a welcoming smile, lifts a cable so that Sir Charles may more easily enter the enclosure. As Sir Charles gazes, reports of the machine's capture are soon buzzing Hello, around the world. Johnny, hi, listen. The second so-called war machine in five hours has just this new threat to world peace. has been transported to Covent Garden. Time's getting short, Sir Charles. 
How long do you think the doctor will well, be? I don't even know what he's doing. Does he still say they'll attack at noon? Yes, he does. Well, then I'm afraid that some... Well, I think that's about all, gentlemen. It's the uh, purpose of this machine. Oh, it sounds as though you've changed his character, doctor. Well, you could... For a moment. <laughs> now, my dear Ben, just carry out what they've asked you to do. As terrifying as ever. It's quite safe, gentlemen. The doctor ushers the machine past, and it proceeds away down the street. The doctor smiles to himself. Well, how are you going to use it, Doctor? Well, it all started at that tower. What, a post office tower? Yes, in Brett's office, and I think it will probably... Leo Tower. Brett, Clinton and Polly are standing before Votan. Brett checks his watch. All serviceable machines are now standing by. They must be ready to attack in exactly 11 minutes. Crimpton leans into a transmitter. Instructions to all war machines. Stand by for attack. Will has almost reached its objective. As it turns off the top and caught ahead, the Doctor and Sir Charles are also nearing the tower. How will it work, Doctor? Well, it would be rather like the crossing of two electrical... Then. Well, those people that have been under some form of hypnosis will return to their The war machine is arriving at the end of the 34th floor. Stepping from the lift, he crosses warily over to the doors of Brett's office and listens. Behind him, the lift doors slide shut. Polly, look out! What are you doing? Quick, Polly, get out of here! No, I must work for Votan. Votan! Places with Votan! What is it? There is a new danger approaching! Brett, you're out! Good! The danger's here! Crimpton is studying... Emergency control! Quick, Brett! Brett rushes forward, but the war machine is quicker. The machine fires again and again. Votan's eye flickers erratically as its control banks bed, his awareness flooding back. Votan has been reduced to a smoking heap of twisted body lying amongst the debris on the floor. The doctor enters, followed by Sir Charles and the minister. Grimly, the doctor hastens over to join Brett by his fallen colleague. There's nothing you can do for the poor What's been happening here? Yes, well, I think perhaps you'd better ask. Well, where the devil's he The gone? doctor has returned to Fitzroy Square, where he's waiting outside the TARDIS. He looks up and down the street and then takes out his fob watch. Oh, yes, I've been waiting around here for her. Where is she? I very nearly left without her. Left? He's going inside. Key, that reminds me. He digs in his pocket. I forgot to give him this one back. Come on, we'll do it now. Yeah, but I've got to get back to barracks. Oh, come on. She takes the key and together they... It's locked. Let's forget. Even. She brandishes the key. But I've only got a couple of minutes. Come on. <laughs>